0: Welcome to the Sustainable Nano Podcast, and happy National Nanotechnology Day! I'm your host, Miriam Krauss, and that's right, Uh, October 9th, 2016 was the very first National Nanotechnology Day. I'm very excited that for this episode of the podcast, we were able to do an interview with Dr. Lisa Friedersdorf, who is the Deputy Director of the National Nanotechnology Coordination Office, which is part of the National Nanotechnology Initiative, which has been working since 2000 as a research and development initiative for the United States government, all around everything to do with nanotechnology. So we're really happy to have Dr. Friedersdorf with us today, and without further ado, here is our interview.
1: Well, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, Do you want to introduce yourself briefly? Sure, it's my pleasure to, to be with you. My name is Lisa Friedersdorf, and I'm the Deputy Director of the National Nanotechnology Coordination Office. Great. So uh, the reason we're doing this podcast episode right now is that uh,
0: October 9th is National Nanotechnology Day. So uh, so my question, my first question for you
1: is, why do we need a National Nanotechnology Day? Why, why does that even exist? Well, National Nanotechnology Day, which is October 9th for 10 to the minus 9, of course, is An opportunity to raise awareness of what nanotechnology has enabled in certain fields and what potential it has in the future. National Nanotechnology Day is a series of community-led events and activities on or around October 9th. Some of these activities are, are similar to things that happen across the country and throughout the year, but National Nanotechnology Day is an opportunity to really celebrate nanotechnology and bring these events together to raise awareness and include things like uh, editorials and white paper documents by nanotechnology experts, uh, lecture series, outreach, and, and other activities to, to highlight the applications and, and future opportunities for nanotechnology. So it
0: seems particularly timely that we would have National Nanotechnology Day this week uh, because we just had on October 5th the announcement of this year's Nobel Prize in Chemistry for uh, work in molecular machines. And I'm curious, um, some articles I've read have talked about these as machines, and some of them call them molecular machines. And I know technically maybe molecules are actually smaller than nanotechnology, but I was going to ask, like, can you tell us just a little bit about how does, this, how does the Nobel Prize this year uh,
1: in chemistry relate to nanotechnology? Great question. And, and I agree. The, the timeliness is, is just wonderful. We were so pleased to see a, a, another Nobel Prize focused in the nanosciences. What you have is interlocking molecules that can translate or rotate with an external stimulus, which makes it machine-like. And although we often think of molecules as being smaller than the nanoscale, these complex molecules, often referred to as super molecules, are actually at the nanoscale. So you can call these molecular machines or nanomachines. And in other Nobel Prizes, uh, such as the Nobel Prize in 1996 to Croto-Curl and Smalley, of course, for the buckyball or C60 molecule, and, and more recently in 2010 uh, for graphene, are, are other examples of where nanoscience has um, been given some accolades or, or the work is is reaching the Nobel level. Mm-hmm.
0: And I think it's a really good reminder for people, the technology part of nanotechnology is that you know, this is stuff that we're not just... It's not the science that's observing things at the nanoscale, which covers a whole lot of chemistry, obviously, but that these are deliberately manufactured things, you know, machines, literally, uh, that, that the scientists have constructed. Um, they're not just using things that already exist.
1: Absolutely. And I think that when we look at nanotechnology or or, or nanoscience, um, as you said, chemistry has been done at a long time at the nanoscale. And when we look at nanotechnology, it's using the control and manipulation of matter at this scale um, on purpose. And it's not just Mm -hmm. because it occurs in nature, but it's because we uh, want to use it for some purpose. So do you
0: know some of the future applications that that are planned based on some of
1: these nanomachine technologies that are being recognized? Uh, things that have been mentioned are, are things like nanoelectronics and batteries and energy storage systems. But we're still at the very early days in this research, and I'm not sure that we can fully imagine the applications of these nanomachines. It's still very
0: preliminary, yeah. Um, the other thing I wanted to ask about is since you're, you know, as part of the this National Nanotechnology Initiative, uh, what are some events and activities that people should know about coming up, whether they're directly related to na- National Nanotechnology Day or just in general that the NNI is working on?
1: Well, I'd like to highlight perhaps some of the, the national nanotechnology events since it's not r- intended to be a government-driven activity, but it's it really intended to be um, community-driven. I'd, I'd just like to highlight some of the um, activities that, that we're aware of, and we know that there's many activities across the country. Um, that that are people are still letting us know, and and we expect through throughout the weekend and throughout the month um, to see a lot of activities using the hashtags that have been established. And what are they? So they're uh, hashtag one hundred billion nanometers, and that is to encourage people to uh, to run a hundred billion nanometer dash, and and we've been. Um, distributing a flyer that says, you know, how fast can you run 100 billion nanometers? And the intent is to get people to think about, well, how far is that? And then you know why do we care about the nanoscale? So a hundred billion nanometer dash is a hundred meters. So it's doable, and and we're really um, hoping that that people get excited about this. We've we've been um, talking with people the the, the past several weeks, and, and there does seem to be quite a bit of excitement, um, and and this is something that we hope to see um, elementary school students doing that that combine both fitness and some awareness of science in in the size scale at the nanometer. So that's one thing, and we we expect to see 100 billion nanometer uh, videos and images from across the country. Another thing that's happening is what we're calling nano-nuggets, which are short videos by experts, visionaries, and artists that share their thoughts about nanotechnology. And um, we've uh, reached out to people, and we've made some recordings, but we've also asked people to send us their recordings. And and we've been getting a lot of great videos, very short, 30 seconds to a minute, a few sentences of why a particular... area has been impacted or will be impacted by nanotechnology so those are 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 slowly being released right now on nano.gov and and we will be continuing to release those on the nni nanotube uh which is the youtube website of course um and then we we know that there's art exhibits that are happening. There's uh, lectures. As I already mentioned, there there are some uh, editorials and position papers that are being released. Um, we're really looking forward to seeing how the community embraces uh, how nanotechnology is is impacting their field of science. absolutely. and i'm I'm kind of sad that
0: uh, this this podcast is going to end up going out after the weekend of the ninth because, I was really excited to hear that there's a nanoscience presence at New York Comic Con this weekend, which is going to be awesome. Uh, so I'm hoping that we can get some reports from how that panel goes.
1: Oh, we're, re- we're so excited about that. And actually, I'm so glad that you mentioned it, because one of the, the things that will be discussed there is the release of this year's uh, Gen Nano competition. So this is a superhero competition where um, high school students are encouraged to share how nanotechnology can empower um, their unique superhero. And uh, last year there was a contest, which was we were just really blown away by the submissions. And the uh, finalists' submissions are available on the Gen Nano page on on NSF. But we're really excited that they've decided to redo this competition, and and we hope it is a annual event where high school students and, and superheroes combine. And we're really excited that this year the students are being encouraged to develop superheroes that address uh, societal missions. And the missions this year are going to be in the areas of health, environment, justice, and relief. And we just can't wait to see what the submissions hold.
0: That's great. Yeah, we had a blast uh, talking with the students last oh, that year. Was so, so much lucky fun. That we got to them and for anyone who's listening if you haven't heard it already uh we have a whole episode devoted to last year's generation nano contest so you should check it out
1: um wonderful so anything else you think we should talk about today sure i would like um i'd like your listeners to know about a, a couple of networks that we've developed to to really bring people together to to learn from each other um we have a, a student network which is focused primarily on uh, the undergraduate level, where undergraduate students who've developed nano and emerging technologies clubs at their local universities are networked together, and, and they um, hold uh, regular phone calls. They have a collaborative workspace where they ask each other best practices and, and share ideas about um, how to hold events or how to reach out to industry to bring in um, speakers for their speaker series, um, how to get involved in research or um other internship opportunities, and then we bring the students together once a year for an annual conference. That's really cool. It's so much fun. I mean, I think that I've enjoyed working with students for many years, but, but the opportunity for them to learn from each other is just so powerful. And some of the the groups are more focused on on research. Other groups are more focused on entrepreneurship. Um, Some of the students that were engaged with our um, Student Leaders Conference last year have started up companies. And and we're just really excited to see where they take it. It's intended to be student-driven. And we're aware of at least four new student groups that are forming this fall. And, And we really expect this network to continue to grow. Um, ideally, these student networks at the undergraduate level will reach out to their local high schools and will also have activities in in, in high schools um, and with the hope that they would also mentor middle schools. So this is intended to really be a, a scalable, student-focused STEM activity. The other thing that I think that we're really excited about is uh, a teachers network that is really beginning to grow. We've been working with teachers, a lot of the NSF centers and in activities across the countries um, do outreach to teachers or teacher training or, or research experience for teachers. And well, we've been um, trying to raise awareness of existing resources. What, what we've heard from the community is teachers have a really hard time finding teaching resources, but there's been a tremendous amount of uh, teaching kits and lesson plans and laboratories that have been developed over the past 15 years of the NNI. So we've developed a, a searchable database. It's, it's housed on NanoHub. And that database, it's searchable by grade level, um, topical area, whether or not it has a hands-on activity, whether it's a video. And it, it's intended to make it easy for teachers to find resources. Um, we've also developed a network which, again, has uh, regular phone calls uh, among the teachers. We have a webinar series. And the, the teachers learn from each other and ask each other questions. And and we've been excited that w- I mean, we've been doing this for a, a few months now, and when we um, start the call, the teachers immediately start asking each other questions and, and and begin the conversation even before you know the call starts, which is exactly what we were hoping for. And recently, we um, held a, a webinar just this week, where the, um, the RAIN network, the Remotely Accessible Instrumentation for Nanotechnology, provided a demonstration on how teachers can sign up to do remote access of instrumentation, and their, their students can actually run the instruments remotely. For instance, we, the demonstration was in a scanning electron microscope.
0: So, so it's a cool.
1: tremendous resource for, for teachers, and we want to make sure that people are aware of that.
0: Wonderful. Yeah, that's great. And uh, and it sounds like some of these things are fairly new, so folks might not be aware of them or might not have heard of them before. So I didn't realize this was the first National Nanotechnology Day, so it's great. We're
1: sort of getting it on the ground floor. Oh, we are, and, and we're just excited to see where the community takes it in the future. We, um, people keep sending us updates on, on what they have planned, and, and you know, some of the image libraries, for instance, for the, the art shows are just just gorgeous. So I would say keep an eye on nano.gov over the next several weeks, because I think things are going to keep um, rolling in, and, and we intend to keep that a, a living uh, page over the next several weeks. Excellent. Yeah,
0: so that, that was actually my exact question. If people want to find out if there's local things going on at their Uh, local art gallery or science museum or whatever they can they can find them at nano.gov so that's perfect
1: absolutely so
0: wonderful well
1: thank you so much oh sure absolutely
0: so that's national nanotechnology day as dr fiedersdorf said there's going to be activities all this week you haven't missed your opportunity just because october 9th is past check out nano.gov to see what's going on uh, online and in your area Uh, Before this, I will say my favorite national days were probably National Ice Cream Day, which is July 17th, and maybe National Donut Day, which is June 3rd. But I also now have found out that October 9th, in addition to being National Nanotechnology Day, is National Moldy Cheese Day. So rest assured, I am now trying to think about ways that we can do podcast episodes that have something to do with nanotechnology and sustainability on the topics of ice cream, donuts, and moldy cheese for next year but uh, you'll have to stay tuned to see how that works out. In the meantime, uh, I hope you will tune in for our next episode of the Sustainable Nano Podcast, which will be coming in just a couple of weeks. We'll be talking about uh, why glaciers look blue. And believe it or not, that has to do with science at the nanoscale. But that's it for this week. Thank you so much to Dr. Friedersdorf for doing the interview with us. And uh, of course, as always, thank you to the National Science Foundation, which provides funding to the Center for Sustainable Nanotechnology, which produces this podcast. Our regular disclaimer, though, of course, remember that all the opinions and comments expressed on this podcast are those of the speakers and do not necessarily reflect those of the National Science Foundation. Our music is from the composer Kesta. We found it at the freemusicarchive.org thanks to all of you for listening and uh you can find us on itunes on stitcher on our website sustainable-nano.com slash podcast you can get in touch with us on social media we are at sustainable nano on twitter facebook and pinterest we'd love to hear from you let us know what you think of the show so far and what you'd like to hear about in the future thanks for listening see you next time